plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, columnist for BleacherReport.com. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. We've got a busy show today as we dive into our defensive tackle preview. Friday, we talked about the defense ends. Today, we're going to be talking about those tackles. So let's jump right into it as we've got a lot of things we have to hit on today. We're going to talk about the group overall at the end of the show. But we're going to first start with the biggest, most important, I wouldn't say biggest because there's there's a lot of big guys, the most important defensive tackle on this roster, and that's Malik Collins. I'm going to give you a stat real quick on Malik Collins. I want you to listen to this. There have only been five players in NFL history to record at least five sacks before their 22nd birthday. Say that again. There have only been five players in NFL history, defensive tackles, to record five sacks before their 22nd birthday. Here are those names. Shane Dronette, Marcel Darius, Amobi Okoye, Dan Wilkinson, and Malik Collins. When you think back about Malik Collins' rookie season, it might be the second most impressive rookie season the Cowboys had. Prescott, we're going to say first because having a fourth-round pick jump up to be your franchise quarterback is ridiculous. But when you think about what Malik Collins had to overcome last year, it's pretty impressive. In late May, that last week of May, he broke his foot in OTAs. He needed surgery on that foot, knocked him out for 12 weeks. He missed all of training camp and most of the preseason. Now, for most rookies, if I'm telling you that they're going to miss all of minicamp, all of preseason, all of training camp, that means they're probably not going to do a lot during the season. And especially when they are a third-round pick, and especially when they're at the defensive tackle position, that it's hard to find young players in the league that play that position well. If you're getting one or two sacks from your first-round pick defensive tackle, that's pretty good. Collins had five last year. He's the one player on this defensive line that I think has a chance to be a star. And not I'm and I don't mean a star as in like JJ Watt, that kind of thing, but I think he does he have the potential to maybe be as good as Geno Atkins? Yeah, I, I can see it. This is an extremely disruptive player. He needs to get better in the run, but again, remember he missed all of training camp. Uh this is a player that I've heard rumblings from other people around the team that he's completely changed his body. Um, when he was at Nebraska in 2015, uh, he had a little bit of too much excess weight on of him. It caused him to play sluggish at times. That's not going to be a problem this year. This is a guy that is cut, is ready to go. 
Um, I think he's got the real potential to move from a five-sack guy to a seven, eight-sack defensive tackle. Now, you're probably thinking, well, seven, eight sacks, that's not a huge number. If he reaches seven to eight sacks, I promise you Malik Collins will be in the Pro Bowl. That's what your elite defensive tackles produce every season. Okay, Aaron Donald's in a different stratosphere because he's just a ridiculous, maybe an all-time great at defensive tackle. But I think Collins has a chance to be the Fletcher Cox, the Geno Atkins, Jarrell Casey type of defensive tackle that we the Cowboys have not had since the Roy Glover. It's been a long time since they've had a tackle that is that disruptive. He is the one player that I think can change the entire outlook of the Cowboys defense. He's going to be an important piece, not only to their defense, but to their entire team this season. Just turned 22 a few weeks ago. Moving on to the other projected starter, Cedric Thornton. Projected to be the team's one technique. Last year, he signed a four-year, $17 million deal with the Cowboys. The belief when the Cowboys signed Thornton was that they're going to get more athletic inside because they have a bigger middle linebacker in Rolando McLean who can take on the blocks. They wanted a more disruptive penetrator at that one technique. Well, when Rolando McLean got suspended and never played a game, Thornton didn't really fit. Cowboys decided to go ahead and make Terrell McLean the starter. Uh, Thornton only saw about 200 snaps last year, just was not a productive player. Finished as the 65th rated defensive tackle, according to Pro Football Focus. Just turned 29 years old, coming off a of back surgery. It's a big year for Thornton. Uh, he's going to get every opportunity to start for the Cowboys. I didn't see a player that played with a lot of strength. Uh, I thought he got bullied a lot by offensive linemen last year. Um, it's a big year for Thornton. The Cowboys really need him to be their anchor in the middle. Now, last year, Terrell McClain was a bit more of a penetrator. Uh, you know, He shot in, shot in the gaps. He didn't hold up in the run as well as they would have liked, but he's a different type of defensive tackle. Thornton is kind of in that mold, but... He needs to be able to anchor better against centers. We'll see if he can do that this year. If he can't, I suspect that the Cowboys will turn to Stephen Paya very quickly. Stephen Paya is more of a Rod Marinelli type of defense alignment, effort, hustle, strength. Not your pass rushing, penetrating tackle, but more of a guy that's just going to hold up at the point of attack. He is going to play hard for every snap that he's in there. And as we know, we've seen with Rob Marinelli before in Chicago, this is a guy that has talent. Um, if Thornton does not play well earlier in the season, I can see the Cowboys quickly moving on to Steven Paya. Uh, he just turned 29 in May. I will go ahead and predict that he's the team's starting one technique uh, in week one against the Giants. Just the familiarity with Marinelli they went after him in free agency. He was one of their first signings. I think that they're going to want to go with somebody who's a little bit better against the run, and they'll see how Thornton, how, how healthy Thornton is down the road. I think you're going to see both play a lot. The Cowboys like to rotate their defensive tackles. We're going to see 
a lot of Thornton and Paya. Now, the qu big question is how many one techniques will they keep? If they keep three, who will be that third? Our question today from at Ralph underscore Todd, does Joey Ivy make the 53-man roster? This is the guy that will be competing for that third one technique spot if the Cowboys choose to go that way. Let's talk about Ivy's game first. Six foot three, 301 pound defensive tackle. Uh, let me read my pre-draft notes on him. All right, here we go. This is from my notes when he was at Florida last year. Doesn't have the size or quickness of a starting defensive tackle, but his energy and motor will give him a chance to, to survive. Has quick hands, but just doesn't overwhelm Lyman with any one trait. Not an explosive player. But because of his lack of explosiveness, he's going to have to be a one technique in the NFL. However, Dallas still used a draft pick on him. And if you saw the video, Rod Marinelli pumping his fist when the Cowboys selected him means that they obviously have some people that want him to succeed in Dallas. I just don't think with defensive ends being a, as big of a question mark as they are, that it's going to be, it's going to be tough for Ivy to make this roster. I don't think he's a lock. And when you're a seventh round pick, you're never a lock to make the roster. You can be easily replaced because there's just not that much invested in you. However, I'm going to go against the grain and say that his tenacity, his effort, his motor are going to keep him on the 53-man roster. He might not be active every week, but this is a guy that you want on your team because you know he's going to play hard each and every snap. I don't love his game, but he's a perfect example of what Rod Marinelli wants in a late-round selection. You're going to come in, you're going to play hard, and we're going to get the most out of you. That's why I think he has a chance to play in this league. We've seen Marinelli do this with other guys such as Nick Hayden. Listen, nobody here is a bigger Nick Hayden hater than me because I think he just, that type of player just takes up snaps. And sometimes you want to see a guy that has a little bit more athleticism or potential in there. But we've seen that Rod Marinelli likes to use those type of players on his defensive line to at least bring some kind of energy motor to the unit. Another guy that the Cowboys drafted in the seventh round was Jordan Carroll from Colorado. He's a bit smaller than Ivy. Uh, he's listed at six foot three, two hundred ninety-one pounds. Cowboys website has him at three hundred pounds. What I saw from him in Colorado was that he's more of a three technique, who might be a better fit as a left defensive end uh, in the NFL. He might be a three-four defense end but I think he maybe could survive as that strong side end in a 4-3. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Tyrone Crawford coming out of Boise State, a lesser version, but that type of player, a good athlete for his size, uh, durable, productive. I like the way he moved on the field. I think he's got some pass rushing ability, but he really needs to add strength, and he really needs to add some counter moves. Because of those reasons, I think he's a perfect guy to stash in the practice squad for a year. Uh, let's see what he is down the road. You know, Maybe if he can bulk up to 305 next year, 
play with a little bit more power, he can eventually become the team's backup three technique. Maybe he's on the practice squad this year and the, the Cowboys suffer a bunch of injuries. It would be nice to have a guy that already kind of knows the scheme, is familiar with the different roles he might play, slide in. That's kind of what I'm looking for for Carroll is to be that practice squad defensive tackle. Um, maybe he surprises. Maybe he beats out Joey Ivy. Maybe they find a spot for him on the roster. But I think practice squad is realistic for him. Let's talk about some of the other defensive tackles that may end up seeing time inside. Or defense ends that may see some time inside. Excuse me. We know Tyrone Crawford. We kind of know what he is. We know that he has the ability to play inside. We know that his body doesn't hold up too well at that spot. But if Malik Collins struggles, it would not shock me if the Cowboys move Crawford from left defense end back inside. That at least gives them some flexibility. Uh, I don't I don't love the idea because I feel like Crawford is actually becoming a usable uh, and useful defensive end. But they always have that option. I, I do expect you'll see some Crawford and nickel situations in there. But again, if Collins struggles full-time or is injured, my guess is that they would move Crawford in there rather than play a Joey Ivey or Jordan Carroll as the starting three technique. The other player that we've seen have success inside is David Irving. Now, he's suspended for the first four games, and we talked about him in the last podcast. But again, he's got the size, he's got the length, uh, he's got the quickness to win inside. I don't think that's his best spot. I think he's a much better fit as a left defensive end. But this is what Marinelli loves about his defensive lineman is that he can rotate and interchange them because of their size. Wouldn't even be shocked if Taco Charlton kicks inside on some snaps. They've got versatility. They've got a lot of names that could do that. I know a couple people on Twitter were asking me, can Charles Tapper be that guy that kicks inside as you know on nickel situations? Maybe. I think he's got the size to do it. I think he can win. Obviously, we know he's athletic. Uh, I want to see Tapper on the field first before I proclaim that he is this ultra-versatile defensive end. But, yes, that's another guy to keep in mind. We've seen Demarcus Lawrence do this in the past. Um, he's actually had some success. Uh, Benson Mayo will, probably will not. Demontre Moore will not kick outside or kick inside. But, again, lots of names. Overall, it's not a flashy unit. Uh, it's not an overly exciting unit, but it's a unit that I think has a lot of potential. Your one techniques are a little older in Pia and Thornton, but I think they have a chance to have a real star in Malik Collins. If Collins doesn't take the next step or if he regresses, this team is really going to struggle. They rely a lot on that three technique to run this defense. If they cannot get pressure inside, their defense falls apart. Like I said at the beginning, it's a solid unit, just not overly talented. That's it for today's preview on defensive tackles. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you can subscribe to podcasts. Make sure you join us tomorrow as we will discuss the linebackers. Sean Lee, what can we expect from him after his first All-Pro season? Who is going to start in the middle? Is it, was it going to be Anthony Hitchens? Is it going to be Jalen Smith? What can we expect from Jalen Smith? Uh, Damian Wilson, what's going on? What's the, well, I'll have the latest on the Damian Wilson situation. Who are some linebackers to watch? Talk a little bit about Mark Nazacha, Lucas Waka, Keenan Gilchrist, and all that tomorrow. So make sure you tune in tomorrow to the Locked On Cowboys podcast as we preview the linebackers. Thanks for listening. 
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.